put in the work, work your ass off, work smart, work as much as you can, because five, 10, 20 years down the line, you're going to be really fucking grateful that you did. Welcome to Major League Lessons. We're here to talk about some of the lessons we wish we had learned while we were still playing the game that we love. Stuff that can help athletes right here, right now, while also preparing you for life after your sport ends and the real world begins. Because for us, we weren't ready at all, and honestly, I don't think anyone is. Today we're talking about delayed gratification. Wikipedia defines delayed gratification as the resistance to the temptation of an immediate pleasure in the hope of obtaining a valuable and long-lasting reward in the long term. In other words, resist the temptation of an immediate reward in preference for a later reward. So that's obviously, a, it's a super important topic. And I think it ties into a lot of major concepts that we're going to talk about. If you can delay gratification and hold off because there's something greater that was on the other side of this, maybe short-term pain or short-term struggle. If you can get through that, then you know, you're much more likely to reach that outcome. We'll talk about like how it's related in sports first, relationships, career, all this stuff. I think it's a super important topic that needs to be talked about more. But at the end of the day, I think if you can wait for something long enough and also appreciate that journey and find the lessons along the way, knowing that you're going to get something at the end of it, that's really what delayed gratification is. And it's something greater. It's not doing the short-term thing that gives you the immediate reward in the here and now, sitting on the couch watching TV or eating junk food or whatever it is. If you wait for it, if you delay gratification, there's something much greater on the other side, whether that's health, whether that's a relationship, whether that's sports and career and all that stuff. But Sweet. Yeah, it's a good topic. And I don't think, like you said, doesn't get talked about enough. And it might be one of the hardest things to do in life, honestly. And I think a lot of people, and it's natural to want that immediate gratification because you see it right in front of you. And it's tough to think down the road, what if I don't do this now? How is that going to impact me later on? And hopefully in a positive way. Do you want to start with sports? Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about sports first, how delayed gratification, like our own experiences, how we've used that. And also obviously generally and in sports, why it's important when you're training to delay gratification. Yeah. So thinking back to high school, I was scared of the weight room and it was one of those things. I didn't realize how much of an impact it has on your game and just getting to your highest possible potential. I really didn't start lifting weights until freshman year of college. And I, I vividly remember the first team lift we had, I was petrified. I was sitting in my room thinking, all these kids are bigger than me. How am I going to stack up? Do I have to lift as much weight as everyone else? I don't really know what I'm doing mechanically. And I came to the understanding after seeing how hard everyone was going, the thought was, all right, if I want to be really good and get playing time right away, I have to do this. And it came with a lot of failure. And I remember the first squat I did, I think I almost fell over. And it's one of those things where sure, it's going to feel great to just sit there and not lift or not work hard, but you know that your success is on the other end of being uncomfortable. And we've talked about delaying gratification. So it's going to suck when you're lifting, especially for the first time for real. 
where everything's going to be sore after day one. So it's being able to get through that pain and understanding, all right, this hurts now, but I know if I stay with this, I'm going to not be in as much pain when I do this for two, three weeks. And then it, it adds up and thinking to now, like that's the, one of the tougher parts about not being an athlete anymore is you don't really have that motive real sense of motivation when for me lifting was always the result I wanted from it was to be a really good baseball player so when your career is done I think that motivation you have to find a new one because for me when I go lift now it's more about staying in shape and trying to not get fat and it's tough I think a lot of athletes struggle with that when they're done with their sport another thing that doesn't get talked about enough and I think what hurt me from the motivation standpoint was before college baseball, I get away with not lifting and just being naturally fast and, and somewhat athletic. And then once the sport's done, then that, that motivation is kind of tougher to find. And I think it, it goes back to delayed gratification. I think it's, you have to find that piece when you're done with your sport thinking, all right, again, this is going to suck. I don't have that motivation of being a really good baseball player, but there's other motivations out there. Like being healthy certainly makes you happier being in shape certainly makes you happier. So I think it's a daily struggle that I go through now, but something that I try to continue to work on to stay in shape and not get fat pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, like talking about exercise, I think that's a big one and lifting. I think like for me, like I try and go to the gym every day as much as I can. And I think for me, like why, I've, how I've been able to do that after lifting or after my athletic career has ended, I think it's because I know if I don't, I'm going to feel shitty later on. And like, like I've talked about my dad a lot, but he lifted all the time and I got that from him. And I'm super pumped that I got that from him because I started lifting when I was in like ninth grade or something like that. And it's just become a lifestyle. And I know that when this is related to delayed gratification on the, it's almost like the inverse of delayed gratification, because I know that if I don't do this, then for me, if I don't exercise, like I'm off mentally. And I also just don't feel as good as I could be, um, which I think comes with, it comes with just doing it. It comes with just the reps. And it's, we've talked about, you know, when you're 90, for me, it's when maybe it's next week. And if I take this past week off, or if I take this week off, then I know I'm going to feel really shitty about myself next week. Um, so that's another way to, to think about it, at least talk and exercise. I think also what's important about it too is yes, like with sports, with exercise, with anything, knowing that or believing that there's something greater on the other side of that is super critical, but also the side of it that you have to do to get you through the day to day is like finding enjoyment in that process, finding enjoyment in the day to day, the things that suck, the struggle, the pain of right now, if you can find some sort of enjoyment in that, I think you're that much more likely to push through it and then reach that goal. And it's also, it's enjoying the journey. It's all that. Like if you, if you can enjoy the ride, regardless of the outcome, then, you know, that's what it's all about. And talking about going back to sports, like the goal at the end of the year, every year is to win the championship, whatever your championship is, 
that's your goal and that's your team goal and that's your personal goal. And that's the thing that really matters. You should have other goals besides that, but that's the main goal. And that is an unknown every year. It's not a sure thing. Every year, that's a question mark of hopefully one, you believe that you do it. You got to start there, but also how hard are you willing to work? How much effort are you willing to put in for that unknown? And I think that's the struggle. And I think that's where some athletes get caught up is especially ones that aren't playing, especially like guys that aren't everyday guys and are just kind of on the bench. It's kind of like, what's the point of showing up today and practicing when even though like, I know I'm not going to get out there. And like, that's, that's a, a tough attitude to have obviously, but if you have the delayed gratification, maybe it's not this year for me, but Hey, next year, if I do what I have to do today, every day and take in incremental steps to getting better, that means maybe next year I'll get my shot, but you can't wait until next year to start to get going. You know what I mean? When I think, I think that's a big thing and can be very useful. And I think that's what guys that do. That's what the good ones do is when you're not out there, you're learning, you're working hard, you're still getting a lot better because you're going to get a chance eventually and you're going to get those opportunities. And that's the same thing for thinking about it more as a team. It's how much are we willing to put in, in the fall, like talking about baseball, like in the fall, in the winter lifts on our own, doing stuff when no one's watching, working smarter and harder, like how much effort are you willing to put in to maybe not win, you know, but you could argue that the more effort, like the argument is that the more effort you put in now, the harder you work, the smarter you work, the more you do now, personally, and as a group, then your chances do definitely go up of winning that championship. And I think that's the only way to look at it. You're never going to get to hundred percent, but if you can in increase your odds and again, enjoy the process of it, enjoy getting better, enjoy the daily things that suck, knowing that shit, when we get to dog pile and it's the end of our season and we just did it, man, that feeling is going to be so good because all of this was worth it. One, but even if you don't, it's like, you know what? I enjoyed that. I think people, everybody loves being a part of something bigger than themselves. And you can look back and be proud of yourself for pushing yourself to the limit and learning along the way and enjoying it and hopefully doing it with a group that you love. That's fun to do it with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think talking about baseball, we, it might've been our junior year. We started doing the captain's practices after the fall season. And that's back to your point of, all right, we need to put this work in now. And a lot of people may not want to, but it's going to pay off in the end. And that's a tough piece when, so at the division three level, we only get a certain amount of practices in the fall and then coaches aren't allowed to work with us talking about a player's perspective until end of January, early February. So all that time is on the players to get better. So there's two choices. You can either say, all right, that was a good fall. Like we'll figure it out end of January. But I think we understood as a team, if we want to win the conference and all the other accomplishments we want to reach, that's not going to cut it. And all the good teams around the country, there's no way kids are finishing the fall and saying, all right, that was good enough. Let's wait until January to figure the rest out. So I think we had that shift our junior year. And I'm sure a lot of people hated being out on the tray 
when they could have been studying, which is obviously a bigger priority than baseball, but studying, doing whatever else in your, in your personal life. But we had a good showing every captain's practice after the fall season. I think that brought us closer as a team and made us more confident once we were in front of the coaches end of January and talking about reps. And I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but the more work you put in, the easier the being on stage or being on the field during games is going to be. So we talked about if you just take those months off and don't do anything, when you step in facing upper eighties in the back gym where the lighting's terrible, you're done. If you challenge yourself in those uncomfortable moments, it makes those moments where the spotlight's on you much easier. Another Jeter quote that was awesome was when I step in the box, I've done this a thousand times before. And I think I said this two podcasts ago, but it's so true because he knows like all the work was put in. So now I just go, got to go out and execute. And it's delayed gratification because I'm sure there's moments when he or anyone else who's trying to achieve a goal hates those moments where they're training because you want to train tougher than the actual game is going to be. So that's why a lot of people shy away from training or hate training hard because it's going to be tough, but it makes those moments when the spotlight's on you much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, like to further that message, I think it's super important as coaches, as captains, as leaders of the team to be talking about like why this matters. Like, why are we going through a three, four hour practice when it's 80 degrees in the fall? Like, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that to ourselves? And it's because it's going to pay off. Hopefully you do that every day, maybe not to that extent every day, but a championship's not won on the last day of the season. It's won in the off season. It's one in the fall. It's one in the winter. It's one in practices that suck. It's all that stuff that adds up over time. And that's the compound effect. But I think it's super important as coaches, as leaders to be speaking that message. And that's not just a baseball thing. That's an anything thing. That's a business thing. That's whatever leader, whatever you're leading, it's super important to tell your subordinates like, Hey, this is why we're doing this. Because this shit over time is going to mean we're going to win. We're going to win a championship. We're going to get there. And you can't get there without doing the things that suck today. So I think understanding why as a player and speaking that as a coach and a captain and a leader is super important because you can get lost in the day-to-day -day of the things that suck and you're not really seeing a reward. Maybe you're not playing any games yet. You're in the back gym in January and February and you're not seeing anything yet but if you can just hold off if you can just put in the daily effort and working hard it's like all right i just have to wait a few more weeks and, and sometimes it's not weeks if you're talking about other stuff it could be months could be years till you see that payoff but again you shift the odds in your favor when you go about your business that way yeah and i like what you said about the championship's not won on the last day of the year. And one of my favorite quotes or sayings, and I think it's especially said in baseball, but you can't win the championship in preseason, but you can definitely lose it. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff that you put off doing in terms of hard work or staying after practice, all that stuff, you probably won't see the immediate results that week, the next week, but 
you're going to find out pretty quick in the conference tournament if you were doing the right things in January and February. And I think that's where you see the difference between good and great teams is what they're doing when they're not required to. Because as a college athlete, especially Division three, like I said, it, you're allotted a certain number of practices. I think that's the one of the benefits of going Division three, especially depending on how tough your major is. All that time outside of required baseball time, you can spend your time focusing on other things. I think we're, again, talking about good to great is realizing that you can fit everything in and still you're still able to put the work in to reach that championship, whatever your goal is. And I think you get exposed pretty quickly, especially in a sport like baseball, where you don't put in that extra effort, you're going to get exposed sometimes in the worst way in baseball. Mm -hmm. I think I'm forgetting the exact quote by Inky Johnson, but it's something like when it comes down to it, when it's crunch time, when it is the conference championship, whatever you're doing, you're going to revert back to your training. You're not going to be able to just flip a switch and turn it on. And I think that's a big thing that I've seen teams I've been a part of too, that you just, you think that you can turn it on once the, once the lights are brighter and you just kind of believe that you're good enough and that you've worked hard enough or whatever. And you can just, you know what, I'll take today off, maybe not off, but I'll, I'm not going to put in my maximum effort today. And I'll just, I'll turn it on once, once the conference tournament starts, I'll be ready once, once I get in that big moment. And, you know, that's talking about reps again, like the Jeter quote, like it's just another rep. If you treat every game, if you treat every rep as the conference championship, whatever your big thing is, it's going to be that much easier once you actually get there and you're going to succeed because you've treated every rep before that, like it was that one. And that's drastic a little bit. Like I, that's very difficult to do, but if you can have the mentality of just like every rep is focused and locked in and effort, whether that's in a game or in a practice, like you're going to get to that point when it is that moment for you to step up in a big spot late in the season. And you're not going to be as nervous because you've done it and you've all, you've delayed gratification months prior and now it's now it's the big moment. And also with that, sometimes you're not going to deliver. Sometimes you'll be prepared and you might not succeed, especially in baseball. Just because you do everything right doesn't mean you're going to succeed. But you can also live with it that much more because in the moment, after you fail, you're not going to think you did everything you could. But afterwards, after you kind of have some time to reflect, I think you can look back on it and be like, wow, I gave it everything I could. And what just the coin didn't land my way this time. And that's, that's baseball, that's sports, that's life, but it's a much more freeing place to live when you've given it your all and you can look back and not have the regret of, Oh, I wish I could have done more. Cause I think that's the thing that after every season, when you lose, you think about shit, what could I have done more of? And that's the worst place to be. And we've talked about it. Like, we didn't feel like that when it was like our senior year and, and we lost because we had given it our all like as a group, everybody like wanted it, everybody put in the work and we were able to be content as much as it sucked to be content because man, like we, we, we did everything we could almost. And, and that's, it sucks, but that's the result. That's baseball, that's sports.
But on the flip side, like if you if you lose, if you don't win the championship, you have a shitty year, you're gonna look back and be like, wow, I that was almost like a waste of time because I didn't give give it everything and clearly didn't get the results. All right, let's shift gears a little bit to how delayed gratification is important in career. I think Lop and I have certainly both dealt with that for our career and also just like the the career change that we both made in the past year. Do you want to talk about your your kind of path and experience with that? Yeah, sure. So I almost look at it and you're not supposed to do this, but naturally people compare themselves to others that are at the same stage of their life. And that's one of the hardest things to do when talking about your career is how can I do what's best for me and not worry about trying to keep up with other people. So I think about that, especially with coaching in terms of financially. And obviously as a coach early on in your career, you're not going to be in the same financial place as someone who's in finance or like a corporate job. So I think that's one of the tougher pieces for me is understanding, sure, you might not be at the same place right now financially, but you love what you're doing and that's enough. So I think being able to realize that is one of those superpowers that we talk about and trying not to compare yourself to others because it's so easy in, in the world of social media, especially with like LinkedIn, people getting promotions every day, which is awesome. But as a coach, you understand like promotions aren't going to happen every every six months, every 12 months. Like you got to put in the time and understand that this might suck right now trying to figure it out. But I know five, 10 years down the road, I'm going to be really happy that I started this because everything I learned from starting coaching until hopefully being a head coach one day is all preparing you for what you want to do the rest of your life. So I think being able to focus on your own path, and even if it sucks in the current moment, looking five, 10 years down the line of what your life could be, and just thinking about that as often as possible and, and working towards that. Yeah, 100%. Delay gratification for me is, with career right now, is massive. Because like we're like, I we're doing a lot of work and you're not seeing the financial gain, which obviously isn't everything. Like you love what you're doing. And I love what I'm doing right now too. My my main focus right now is how does called up coaching become successful? We have two clients right now, two paying clients right now. That is not enough to live off of, which is the goal right now is to how like how much, how good can this get so that this is my career. This is actually it on having that proof. And I think the delayed gratification part is I know that it's going to get there. I, I know that called up coaching is very likely going to be successful. Even if it isn't, I believe, and that's a, it's a choice. I believe that I'm going to be successful, which is, there's a difference. Like businesses fail. And you know what, if this doesn't work, then I'm going to be able to pivot to something else. But I think trusting that I'm going to get there. But right now, I don't really know how. <laughs> like, like it's, I wrote it down the other day. It's like walking through a thick fog where you, you know where you're going, but you have no idea how to get there. And, and I think like part of it's fun. Like it's fun going through the shit. It's fun. Like I have written on my whiteboard right there. You're going to miss this someday because I think certainly am going to miss being in the stage of figuring it out and like 
walking through the mud of, I don't know really what I'm doing, but I believe in this and I trust it and baby steps every day and working a lot, putting in a lot of effort, trying to work as smart as I can right now to figure it out. But all of that is delayed gratification because, and like I've talked about before, when we started this, like there was no guarantee of it making money. Didn't even know really how it would make money, but I knew there was value to be provided there. I knew there was a message that we could speak that would help others. And like, I've listened to a lot of guys like Alex Ramosi, Gary V, Simon, like people like that message of just give something away for free or like just provide value to people and the money will come. Like we've talked about that, right? Like that message was so far in my head that it was like, all right, I don't necessarily know how, but if I can make, if I can provide value, if I can figure out, figure this out along the way and just make an impact on, on other people's lives, like at some point you get good enough and someone will probably hopefully pay for it, pay for that. Um, you know, when money's not the, the driver, but it's more of the reassurance that this is successful. Obviously, like you can't be a successful business without money. So, so delay gratification is a big one for me. And also going back to the engineering days on the flip side, that inverse delay gratification I mentioned earlier, I knew, and, and Hermosi talks about this a good amount is what's the price for not going after it? Cause that's something that's an unknown, right? Like you don't know the things you don't do. Like you don't know what the result could have been. So like, you can't really actually see that or figure out how that would go. But I, I saw the trajectory of where I wanted to go and it was like, shit, I don't want to, I can't do this for the next 40 years. So I was like, all right, I can literally do whatever I want. I like blank sheet of paper, do whatever you want for your career at 22. And it was like, shit, this is going to be hard, but you chip away at every day. And part of that's too, like kind of hating where you're at. You got to hate where you're at enough to be like, I got to make a change. And I, after a while, I got to that point and it was like, all right, just chip away. Just start doing stuff. Just start taking action. That was my motto for 2022 is stop talking about it. Be about it. Talk to people, write shit down, do all this stuff to just like create movement and you're going to get there. And after a couple of years of like, it was fun figuring out and talk about like, enjoying the process of it. It was fun figuring it out, taking baby steps every day, every week towards figuring out what the hell I wanted to do for my new career. And then finally getting there and having that moment of, holy shit, I think this might be it. And then doing it, it's like, wow, those couple of years of going through the shit, figuring it out, got me to this point. And that was an awesome feeling. But now it's now that we're in it, it's like, what's the next rung on the ladder? How can I reach up? And that's always having something to chase is I've found, at least for myself, like I need that goal. I need whatever I'm chasing. But all of that is delayed gratification for how much shit can you go through now, knowing that there's a really good reward on the other, set, other end of it. Like recall the coaching, like how successful it can be and how many people it can help. That's the motivation because, and again, I don't want to put in less effort and sell myself short. And then at the end of it, be like, wow, I could have made that that much better. That's the thing that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. That quote was good about the price of not going for it. 
Tim Grover, who he's an author, kind of motivational speaker, but he trained Kobe, Michael Jordan, and Dwayne Wade. So once I saw that, I was like, all right, this guy's probably not too bad to listen to. So I, I read his book called Relentless, just talks about him training athletes. I came across a video of him a couple months ago, and it was along the lines of, you think the price of taking risks or chasing your dreams is too high? Wait till you get the bill for regret. So that one like still gives me goosebumps because you truly don't know unless you go after it. Mm -hmm. And talking about delayed gratification, yes, it would be awesome right now to be making a ton of money and being set up financially for a little while. But I know that if it was in another field, I just wouldn't be as happy as I am right now. And I know that even though some days aren't great, some days are really good going through coaching and all that. I know that it will pay off in the end if I just stay with it. So I think going after your dreams or taking risks, it all has to do with delayed gratification because a lot of people will quit. Like we talked about last time, a lot of people will quit when they're right in front of reaching their goal. So if you can just keep going, even though, especially through the times that suck, because those are going to teach you the most, if you're able to keep going through those, that's where you reach delayed or reach the gratification that you delayed before. Mm -hmm. Let's shift gears to delayed gratification in relationships. And I think specifically like where I want to start is with parenting. Parenting, I think might be good parenting, I think might be the definition of Delay gratification, you know, if you think about it and we're not parents, but we have parent, we have great parents and all that. But I think kids want something like right here, right now. That's all I think about. They're not thinking about the future. You have a five-year-old that wants, for me, it was, I, we'd go to stop and shop, go grocery shopping. And every time I wanted like every NASCAR, like little toy car on just the end of an aisle. And sometimes I'd get one here and there, but most of the time I wouldn't. Or if you ask your parent for 20 bucks and like you don't maybe sometimes you'll get it most of the time at least for me like I didn't you know and there's so many other examples I think probably the biggest one might be like punishment like punishing your kid for something and like whatever kind of punishment you decide to use I don't care whatever not a parenting not giving parenting advice here but um like teaching them a lesson that they might not understand right now I think is important and I think every parent wants to be liked. They want their kid to like them. You want to be best friends with your kid. But I think the main goal of parenting is to teach and grow your kid into someone great, someone that has strong morals, strong values, treats other people well, treats themselves well, is motivated, like all that stuff. I think that's the goal. And I don't think without delayed gratification of not giving them something that they really want in the short term, because like that might in turn, they might grow up and be someone that just goes for the short term here and now solution. That's not necessarily the right one. Maybe someone that doesn't deal with pain, the pain, the best way, or someone that doesn't do well with hearing no as an answer. I think all those things are wrapped up into the challenges of parenting, because again, you want to be liked, but the main goal, like you're teaching your kid lessons and like now being like an adult, like I look back at all the shit my parents did with me, you know, to give an example, my mom, every single time she dropped me off somewhere, she would be like, remember, please. And thank you. And like firm handshake and looked him in the eye. 
every single time I would go somewhere or like anything. And it was like, mom, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. It was annoying. But now it's like super pumped that she did that because I've, I'd like to think I have pretty good manners now. And I treat people well because, because of my mom just pounded it into my head that that's what you have to do. And like, my parents are great. Like my mom, dad, stepdad had all three of them growing up. And it was like, they had everything covered and taught me so much that without that, if they just gave me every single thing that I wanted in the short term, I wouldn't be who I am today. And that's, it's probably really hard to do as a parent. But once you get to that point, your kids can understand and be like, wow, I'm really glad that's how you raised me. Yeah, those are great points. And it has me reflecting on my whole whole childhood. <laughs> and my parents did the same thing. Like we'd go to a family party, probably 30, 35 people. And they would always be like, make sure you say thank you for, for having us. And I, in my head, I'm like, they don't need to hear that from everyone. Mm-hmm. But again, now you do that and people take it as a sign of respect. And I think it's huge in terms of having manners. And like you said, I think when you're an adult, you become so grateful for your parents, like throughout your childhood. And it's tough when you're a stubborn kid, when you're 12, 13, 14, you think everything. Sometimes we still do. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're able to look back in your early mid twenties and be extremely grateful for how your parents raised you, I think that's, that's all you can ask for as a, as a kid. And as a parent, that's your goal too, to have your kids look back and be like, wow, that some of those moments sucked because I was 12 and I thought I knew everything and wanted everything. But because you did those things, now I'm the person I am today. And it's definitely for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and lastly, to close, I think delayed gratification, also something that comes to mind is um, saying no to things. And like, we're talking about parenting. So that makes sense of telling your kid no. Now, like for me, at least like as an adult, trying to start this business and do something that's hard. Like there's a lot of times where you have to say no to things that are short-term. Like how how often do I say no to golf? (laughs) (laughs) There's, and I, I love golfing. I love golfing with these guys, but I also know that for this season of my life, I, I need and want to be like working on figuring called up coaching out. Cause like, again, like we said before, I don't want it to be a year, two, three years down the line and it fail and be like, shit, I could have done, I could have done more or like, wow, I golfed too much. I don't think I'd think that. But like, if I said yes to everything all the time, like I one right now, I'd feel shitty. That's just how I am of like, wow, I feel like I'm telling myself short. I feel like I'm not doing enough to really focus on the thing that I need to, needs to be my main focus right now. But I think that's a big thing is saying no. And and successful people have talked about that a lot of saying no is way more of a skill than saying yes. Like the more stuff you can get off your calendar, the better you might be. And that's certainly delayed gratification. Because again, I want to go golfing. I enjoy golfing. But and like I still go sometimes because like I want to and like it's fun. But I know that that's going to pay off. And, you know, once once I do kind of figure it out and, you know, be able to kind of support myself with the business. I'll be able to kind of do more of that stuff. Um, again, like it's just, it's the season I'm kind of in right now and it's just a season. I don't know how long it's going to be, but you know, I think about it a lot for like what I'm doing right now. It's like, all right, 
put in the work, work your ass off, work smart, work as much as you can. Cause five, 10, 20 years down the line, you're going to be really fucking grateful that you did because you're going to be able to like time freedom for me. That's huge financial freedom, like all that stuff that like is going to be a byproduct of going through the shit right now. And that's delayed gratification. So like, it's, I use it every single day. And also to close, to wrap this thought up, a very simple one is hitting the snooze button every day. I was thinking about that today as we were preparing hitting, I do it too much. Like I'll go through waves of I'm just week after week, I'm hitting it at least once or twice, but like past couple of days, been like, all right, I have to do this. I have to get up because I know that lit, like I'm going to be more tired later in the day because I snoozed and like, who knows how much that's actually true. That's what I think about in the moment of snoozing is does this really make me more tired at the end of the day? But I think that's a very simple daily struggle that everyone has. And that's delayed gratification. If you can just get up when that first alarm goes off, you're probably going to be more alert throughout the day. You're might be in a better mood, like all the benefits of not hitting the snooze button. But it's just a very simple example of, I think that would be delayed gratification, honestly. I have one, one quick thing and saying no to things made me think back to, to college. And I think it's a struggle that every athlete goes through is balancing your social life and your sport. And my freshman year, I, I really realized it midway through the fall. So like we would have weekend practices. I wouldn't go out before them. I think sometimes my te- teammates hated me for that. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah. But it was like we talked about delayed gratification. I knew if I went out, I was probably going to play pretty poorly in practice the next day. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the chip on my shoulder that I had where I didn't have a lot of confidence as a player. So I thought, hey, if I'm able to get this edge over someone, and I'm obviously not trying to put down my teammates, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to perform the best I possibly could. And I knew to do that, I'd have to be 100% present in practice and not get back to my room at 2, 3 a.m. before practice. And I think it's a thing a lot of athletes struggle with, even in professional sports. We just watched the Johnny Manziel documentary last night, and I'm sure there were things he wished he said no to during his career, looking back on it. So that's why I don't really have any regrets of saying no while I was playing. And just understanding if I'm saying no to this doesn't mean that I hate you or don't want to be around you. It's that I know I won't be able to be my best for you guys the next day and practice if I say yes to this. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to tell a friend about it. Click the follow button or follow the social media page on Instagram at Valeriano underscore. You can also visit our website at calledupcoaching.com to learn more about what we do. Cheers.